Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Raphael here of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did you say podcast? Dudes, do that. You're listening to the podcast on the Gatecast Radio Network. Cowabunga! Hello, this is the Cinema Geeks, and I am one of your Cinema Geeks, Optimus Solo, and joining me today, as he has for the last number of, of podcasts revolving the Turtles franchise, is Dan. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It is going, it's going. I'm very intrigued and interested to hear your take on this film, so I'm excited to somewhat get into this. So if you have been paying attention on the channel, we have been going through all of the films in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise, starting with the 1990s live-action film, covering all of the four live-action films that exist and the number of animated films. We've already covered the TMNT, the first animated film. We've covered Turtles Forever. And today we're covering the third in the animated versions that we have watched, and that is Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is a 2019 American animated superhero film. And obviously, we're going to be merging the worlds of Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We'll get into which characters they decided to involve and some of the actors, voice actors, etc., and the story and all that type of stuff. But just kind of to set the stage a little bit, Dan, had you ever seen this one before? And kind of what was your anticipation or thoughts going into it? I've never watched this one before. I don't know why. I kind of I read a little bit of the, the crossover comics. There's been a few of them. There's actually been just the normal one and then they've done like animated versions of them as well i skipped the movie i guess i i don't know part of me just wasn't super interested it didn't seem like it was something that i saw them discussing a lot or a lot of marketing behind i know it's a direct animated movie but still even with that so i just kind of you know passed it along and but doing this it seemed like hey it's a good opportunity to check that out you know it's batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just seems like it kind of writes itself in a lot of ways, and sometimes you could argue that it did with this movie, uh, but we can get into it. Yeah, I had never seen this one before. I was not someone that grew up outside of like having Spider-Man co- uh, coloring books and stuff like that. I didn't grow up with any of the Marvel or DC comics. I didn't grow up watching any of the animated series because a lot of those were hitting more so in the 90s, like the late mid to late mm-hmm. 90s, I feel like. And at that point, I was just not watching a lot of animated content so i kind of missed out on that whole phase of of animation that was happening so and i never really jumped on to like try to catch up so i really have no experience with any of the animated stuff from dc or marvel minus a few things i've watched just to try to 
Discover Voice content and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know this existed until we were kind of looking at all the animated and live action Turtles movies. And I was like, what is this? So I really had no experience or no kind of expectation going into it. I was interested to see how they would kind of blend the worlds because I'm not always the biggest mashup fan. Yeah. Because I think sometimes it's just a cash grab. Not that a lot of stuff isn't a cash grab, but sometimes it's just like overtly so versus taking two worlds that maybe could blend in a way. And I think that's going to be one of the interesting things when we talk about this one, because we do have New York City, which is kind of where the turtles are often kind of depicted as being from or being like that's usually their setting. And then in the Batman world, obviously, we have Gotham, which has always been basically a version of New York City in my mind and uh, probably in most yeah. people's minds. So and, and they do even make some comments on this when they're because they, they mentioned literally they mentioned New York and Gotham City. And then there's a line where somebody says, well, they're basically the same. Yes. So like, <laughs> that's a great line. But so so it does make sense in a, a way, I guess, to blend these two worlds. But then I guess in playing devil's advocate maybe it doesn't make sense because you're taking two places that are virtually the same thing and then trying to act like they're different so i don't know where you kind of fell on that but we have a whole slew of characters that we're going to see on the turtle side we're going to see obviously the four main turtles we're going to see shredder we're going to see baxter stockman we are going to see um is that it for the the turtle side i feel like i'm they don't have April O'Neil. They don't have Splinter, do they? Nope. Um, that's basically it. I mean, a bunch of foot soldiers, but yeah. Yeah, so we basically have the Turtles, Baxter, Stockman, and Shredder. On the other side of the fence, though, with the Batman aspect, we get almost everybody that's ever been involved in a Batman story, <laughs> yeah. I feel like. So we're going to have Batman. We're going to have the Joker, Robin, Batgirl, Alfred, the Commissioner, Gordon, Scarecrow, Rachel Ghoul. Two-Face, The Penguin, The League of Assassins, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Mr. Freeze and Bane. So how do you feel like the setup of this story, given that it's way more Batman characters than it is Turtle characters, the Gotham slash New York? Like, how do you feel like these two worlds gelled with each other? It seems like very much that they were trying to ape the Batman animated series as well as a little bit of like you know the early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and like just trying to cross over those two worlds. Not technically in those universes, but it definitely seems that they are taking influences a lot. Probably more so Batman than TMNT. TMNT seems to be a bit more of a mixture, especially with you know the way the characters act. But I think they mix pretty well. It's interesting because the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are kind of are modeled after, um, you know, very much the Daredevil because Daredevil they have Daredevil has the hand, they have the foot, you know. So and there's been things where the turtles mutated based upon the same same toxin that I- impacted Daredevil. So like them going into Marvel doesn't it's not that big of a change. Also considering the fact that you know the, the you also have the League of Assassins and were those influenced by one another. So I think it I think they mesh pretty well together. I was a bit surprised that they said they existed within the same world. That was something I wasn't expecting. I was waiting for them to, like, you know, be some sort of, you know, going into a different dimension or something like that, because it does raise a lot of questions. Like, I feel like Batman would know more about the Shredder and everything. Like, it seemed like, you know, 
considering Batman, I feel like he'd be much more up on the turtles. You know, he seems to try to investigate everything. So that seemed a bit surprising. It didn't really mesh there. But outside of some nitpicks like that, I think they fit pretty well together. And when they don't fit well together, it makes sense. Just of, of course, the, you know, rambunctious teenagers versus the self-serious Batman mm-hmm. and their interplay, I thought, worked well. Another thing that we're going to see in this, obviously, is we have a lot of like classic DC voice actors that have done a whole lot of voice acting, not just in the DC universe, but in a lot of things. So there's a lot of well-known voice actors, um, but there's some new people as far as taking on the roles of the Turtles. Eric Bosla does a lot of stuff in the voice world, but you know this is his foray, I think, into voicing Leonardo, unless he did it in one of the other movies. I can't, I can't remember at the moment. Darren Chris as Raphael, Baron Von Donatello, and Kyle Mooney as Michelangelo. Then we get Andrew Cascino as Shredder and Keith Ferguson as Baxter Stockman. All of the other voices that are involved in the DC side, I believe, match up with the people that were voicing those characters, at least in some of the other animated works that revolved around DC. So how do you feel like the the performances were? And then also kind of piggyback off that a little bit. How do you feel? Because we've talked about this in every other movie we've covered. How do you feel like they capture the essence of the characters when it comes to the, just strictly the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I thought, you know, when, when it comes to the performances, I thought they were really solid. It, like I mentioned how it tried to ape a lot of the animated series. I definitely felt that with the voice cast. Like, at first, I'm like, oh, is that Kevin Conroy? Because Troy Baker's Batman sounded a lot like Kevin Conroy. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was intentional. I feel like it was similar to Joker, and this felt very similar to that of Mark Hamill. So, and you also had, of course, like Tara Strong doing it, Harley Quinn, who has done that character before. So, right. I definitely like it, did seem like they were doing, impre- I don't want to say impressions, but they were heavily influenced. I think that was definitely the direction considering the consistency throughout. Uh, and I thought the Turtles, like, I did not know that was Kyle Mooney. Like, that, that did not really cross my mind. But I thought when it came to the Turtles, like, everyone felt right in this for the most part. Outside of some of like the, the the villains that showed up here and there, like Mister Freeze and Bane, for example, like <laughs> Bane being really stupid, like not knowing how turtle shells work. Overall, when it came to characterization, it it seemed to work pretty well. Yeah, I, I we'll get more into the villains probably here in a little bit, but I agree. There was something that we hadn't seen a lot in the other turtles movies was the turtles actually use their shells for things. I mean, we've seen yeah. it a little bit, but it seems like it really took that uh, to another level in this one as far as them using those shells and popping in and out and stuff like that, which was kind of interesting and nice to see because it's like, why haven't they done this more in the past? There are turtles. But another thing that I wanted to get your opinion of before we get into kind of the story itself and what happens with some of the plot, etc., is one thing I noticed right away is that we're blending two worlds that traditionally have a much different level of maturity i guess for lack of a better term whereas granted the turtles comics are darker and we've talked about that a little bit with some of the live action films the turtles and animated animation form have been a lot more not always com- as comical as they were in the 87 cartoon but even in the the 2000 uh cartoon you don't see a lot of people die. You don't see a lot of mm-hmm. like uh, major violence. Like, yes, they're fighting. Yes, they're battling and, and they're doing like what you would typically see on like a Saturday morning cartoon. Whereas in the DC world, you know, you're having more blood, you're having more death. You're having more of that type of stuff because uh, of just the nature of the, the source material, I guess, and et cetera. So what was, did it t- 
catch you off guard at all when you're seeing some of that more mature aspects involved with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Or did you feel like it's just more getting them closer in line with like the original comics? I thought the tone of this was really off. That was like my biggest complaint with it because, you know, I mentioned how it seemed influenced by the, you know, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon of the 80s and 90s. There's a lot of that humor, like, you know, running into Alfred with a bunch of pizzas. And then you mentioned then there was like extreme violence, like someone getting a ninja star right in the head and you see all of it <laughs> or like heads being chopped off. Usually even the Batman cartoons, the violence is is hidden. Like you're, you know, it's very not much blood or anything like that outside of some of the some of the more adult movies and things of that nature. But I thought that to me, like I couldn't get a handle of it. And sometimes it felt very much kid kid like. The animation style, I felt like it leans that way. Like looking at just the animation, I would say, oh, this is more designed for like kids or young adults. Not, and this is PG thirteen, but like the violence sometimes was unnecessary too, to some degree. Like it didn't really add much. And it like if you could have just hit it or at least implied it a bit more, I think it would have been more consistent because like this is PG thirteen, but I I felt like the humor in a lot of ways probably wouldn't appeal to a lot of teenagers and like you know a lot of the jokes seemed a bit lower than that so that's where it felt all over the place for me like it didn't really seem like it knew what it wanted to be i hate that phrase but it it seemed like that sometimes like even with uh, the storyline and where it went like it seemed very you know over the top and not serious but then we get some scenes where you get this heavy level of violence so i don't know it seemed rather inconsistent in, in that in that vein yeah, I agree too because I feel like when you're having something like this, like that's a mashup. I guess my mind first goes to, I'm not talking about like a mashup like within the comics or you know different things like that. I'm talking about when we're seeing it in animation form. I guess my mind first goes to the expectations of something like we saw with Turtles Forever. Like I'm thinking that we're gonna have this like fun combination this world meets that world and what happens when this character interacts with this character or this character fights that character and i guess i just think of it more in a lighthearted standpoint so then and and like you said there's a lot of those lighthearted elements in here but then when you see that violence i'm like it took me aback because i'm like i was not expecting this and i wouldn't unless i did the research ahead of time like i wouldn't have known that was coming and this is something that i could have like accidentally shown like my kid or something like that, you know what I mean? At one point, if I and not making the determination if they're ready to see that type of violence, because I wasn't expecting it. So it's kind of threw me off a little bit with that. And I agree with you. It seems like it's all over the place because there's a lot of stuff that you can't take serious at all in here. And then there's just like blood and decapitations and things of that nature. So it's like uh, pick a lane and go with it. Yeah. And I don't know if it just is like, this is the Batman DC world and turtles are just playing a part in it, but I don't know. Like, is this, I have two questions for you. I assume you've seen more of the DC animated body of work than I have perhaps, whether it be Batman animated series or any of those types of series. Are those shows more violent? Like we see some of the depiction here, or is that different? The Batman animated series, no. Like, I mean, it, it had implied violence. It was still, you know, a kid's cartoon, so it couldn't mm-hmm. show you any level of extreme violence. You know, there were some moments where, like, you thought someone died or something like that. Like, so, some things that are here and there, but, like, nothing to the point where you're seeing heads chopped off, like, directly, or uh, ninja stars to the 
to the mm-hmm. back of the cranium um, to this level. Some of the direct DVD movies, like some of those that are PG thirteen, we've had R's, for example, like the Dark Knight Returns, like that that had extreme you know violence to it. So in that vein, yeah, it's been it's been different depending upon you know what right. they're going for. But like I said, to me, like when I'm watching this, it seems to be aping those animated series, but. Then we get those moments. It's like, you know, at one moment it's directed by Zack Snyder, the other it's directed by Brian Schumacher. And it's like, it's like they can't, they keep passing it back and forth. And depending upon what scene or what they're doing, you're going to get a, a, a different take. So. Right. My other question for you is I, again, since I'm not as experienced with the DC animated world and whether it be the cartoons or obviously the made for DVD type stuff, which obviously they had a little bit more licensing to, to do different stuff. From a visual standpoint, I, do the characters in DC animation typically not have eyeballs? Or yeah, yeah, that's okay. a Batman thing. Like Batman's okay. always had the white of the eyes. Like that's always been his, like you know, his go-to. So yeah, that's been his forte forever. It's always have like the gotcha. little white slits, and it doesn't make sense. Like the more you think about it, I think it's sometimes why it doesn't always translate well to live action, or they have to put like the black behind the eyes. But now that's that's gotcha. kind of like that's kind of the norm. So so you're used to that to seeing that in Batman and some of obviously those types of characters. Did it throw you off at all seeing the turtles with these white eyes? And uh, to me, it just like. It threw me off because it takes away so much of the expression. It takes away so much of the visual storytelling that that I pick up on when I'm being able to see someone's eyes and expressions. And you already have turtles, so they already are lacking in some of the visual uh, expression that you would normally see, like from a human being or from different care, like maybe even different animals. So we have these bandanas, you know, turtles don't really have ears, so to speak. You know, we're we're not having different haircuts. So a lot of what I've seen before you get from the turtle's eyes. And in this one, they just have the whited out eyes like Batman. And to me, that takes away a lot from the turtles. I don't know. Maybe you were not as affected, but what was your take on that? I honestly didn't notice it at all because I just kind of norm to it. I didn't love the animation style per se, like the design of the turtles like especially donatello like his head seemed too human like the the shape of it so it just i don't know he seemed weird i wasn't the hugest fan of their design overall maybe it was because of the eyes i didn't notice but they just seemed to like have lack lacking in definition and yeah. maybe they regarding the expression but to me it wasn't necessarily just the eyes it was just the you know it was very minimalistic and like the, the amount of lines that they use which is not always a bad thing but it just seemed a bit off because their head shape didn't seem to like make it's, sense. So it just they didn't seem like turtles. Leonardo seemed fine, but like the others, especially like I said, Donatello. Like Donatello looked like a cute like he reminded me of uh Morph, which is a Marvel character that is kind of like it has no form. And that's all I could think of seeing him. But so Yeah, I didn't like uh, I thought it stood out with Donatello and Raphael. Raphael had like a squarish yeah, and it seemed like whereas Michelangelo and Leonardo a little bit more looked like the turtles I'm used to. But I wrote down even it's funny you said lack of, um, of um, description or, or lack of definition. I, definition. I wrote down in my notes lack of detail. Like mm-hmm. so, we were both definitely thinking along the same line. So when we get into the actual story and we don't have to dissect it too much, but we obviously are in Gotham. We have like Shredder and the turtles who have ran to Gotham and we have Baxter Stockman and Shredder who are helping Rachel Ghoul basically assemble a thing that's going to 
unleash mutagen slash ooze into the population, which is going to make them all revert back to their animalistic nature, even though that's not what happened with the turtles, guys. <laughs> like the turtles did not change species when they when they got the ooze or mutagen. But apparently that's what happens in this world when anybody else is coming into contact with them. That's a side story, I guess. Um, so it's going to unleash all these this ooze and it's going to turn the population into more of their animalistic natures. And I guess that's going to help Rachel Ghoul and everybody take over. Like, aren't humans about the the most pathetic like <laughs> species? Like, I would think it would be more easy to take over a city full of just regular old human beings than it is like human beings that are turned into like animals and things of that nature. But maybe I wasn't paying enough attention during this movie. Um, yeah. We do, we do see, yeah. <laughs> we do see that the villains of the Batman world all get exposed to this, and they each turn into a different type of animal, which is very silly on surface value. Like if you're just reading that, you're like, oh, and the Joker's going to turn into a python or whatever snake he was, and this one's going to turn into a bear, and this one's going to turn into blah blah blah. It sounds really silly on the surface. What was your take, though, just as the story in general and seeing all of these classic DC Batman villains turning into all of these like hybrid animal versions of themselves? <laughs> yeah. So, so to clarify, like when it comes to the League of Assassins, it's, I don't know if you remember Batman Begins, but like they don't want to take over the city; they just want the city to destroy itself. So okay. that makes more sense. Then. Yeah. Like it's, the idea is like they want it to implode and. They're kind of, you know, imagine like the white blood cells of the world, you know, getting rid of things because Gotham is unsavable. That's just something that they're known for. So if you don't know that going in, it really wasn't super well described. I think that's the thing with like a movie like this. I kind of come, same thing if I read the comic, like I'm not going in this, you know, expecting a great storyline. It's basically fan service and I usually something I would have an issue with, but in this it's expected. So it's just like, how well are you going to execute it? Mm -hmm. And I guess some of that's like, okay, well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, let's make the Marvel characters or DC characters mutants as well. And I, I guess like it, it, it I don't know. It, like that's where to me, like the tone of it felt off because it's silly and stupid. So if it's a kid's thing, I don't have an issue with it. Because it makes sense for like a Saturday morning cartoon, mm -hmm. but if something that's meant to be PG thirteen, I feel like it's kind of to be a bit more serious per se, and especially because I just it's be strange that a lot of these villains would be just okay being these weird creatures now, like Bane being okay being a crazy cat, or Mister Freeze being a giant polar bear or something like that. Like it just seemed like okay, they're just okay with this, I guess, since they're super powerful, but. At the same time, you're no longer like a human being. Removing that, it was fun at least. I like that's the thing is like if I just remove those elements of violence, this was a movie that didn't take itself too seriously. It was fun and entertaining. Like there were some good jokes in it, like how Poison Ivy was stuck to the floor and then you couldn't get her. And like there was like sometimes like okay, like this movie knows what it is and it, it's leaning into it, which was fun. So yeah, like I thought it's ridiculous. It makes it doesn't make any sense. I don't know if we needed all these additional DC villains, but I guess you they, they were there just for cannon fodder. Mm. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the highlight. I think it was interesting that like this kind of gave us those fan service moments up front and at the end, and then in the middle we kind of got a little bit of filler. 
Yeah, and, and I think if they would have just picked a lane and stuck with it, like if you want to be a little bit more comical, if you want to be a little bit more like the 1987 Turtles cartoon, and I'm not saying everything has to be like that, but I'm just saying if they would have gone that route and just kind of mixed these worlds and had fun with it and had the jokes like, you know, we hear the Turtles when they're talking to Penguin calling it like a gun umbrella and a sword umbrella, and yeah. you have the Poison Ivy joke as far as her not being able to get everywhere. You have the the kind of nod to New York and Gotham being similar. Like, you have all that stuff, which is all kind of more of that humor. So I think if you just take some of those, the bloodshed and some of the violence out, you still get, like, the classic what probably somebody is tuning in to watch, which is Shredder and Batman in a fight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Or, yeah. or, or the turtles against, you know, some of the Batman villains. Like, you get those moments, and it doesn't necessarily feel forced because it feels like it's it's a natural part of the story. So I feel like if you just went with that route, it was fine. You know, and, and I could put, like, logic aside when, I, when it comes to all the villains turning into animals. Uh, when the mutant really turned little animals into like mutated animals of the same animal, but that's yeah. fine. And there was, you know, the whole thing where it was going to be combined with Joker venom. Yeah. And, and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's some fun stuff with that and, and that's all fun. So I, I think if they would have just stuck with a lane and just went down that road, that would have been fine. I think they struggled a little bit combining the two worlds in, in what you're talking about with mainly tone. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that's kind of where the movie has its, its biggest flaws. Did you hear the Pink Floyd quote in here? I don't think so. There, I swear there's a Pink Floyd quote, and they even like say it almost to the tone of the song, and they say, hey, creature, leave that kid alone. Um, <laughs> and, and I was like, so, <laughs> they do throw a lot into this. Like, the stuff I even missed, there's a lot of little jokes. And that's one thing. It, it did always have really great lines. Like, like Michelangelo, I thought, was a star of this, because him like riding the T-Rex with the cape on and then later he's like i'm sorry i wrote i, I, I wore your hood like it's just like just a lot a lot of good callback jokes i thought so like you know it it hit it wasn't all misses but there was a lot that i didn't i did not pick up on that joke included yeah and then it was just like they, they said it with like the perfect cadence and i'm like they just okay they did that's great um and i think they did choose right about going into gotham because then it puts the turtles as the ones that are kind of the fish out of water yeah no no pun intended and or turtles out of water because then they're the ones that are able to make like those jokes they're the ones that are being able to like observe the world and compare it to new york and 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 they're much more suited to do that than had you flipped it the other way and had like the batman characters in turtles world which I, I don't think would have worked as well so i think they made a good choice with that um overall the the film did all right uh as far as what i mean it's a direct to dvd movie so it's not trying to like yeah there's no box office necessarily but from a critical response i, I get it it's only 13 reviews but it has 100 percent on rotten tomatoes i believe is what i saw so i mean critically i guess it's accepted pretty well um said it had an average rating of seven and a half out of ten do you think that there is any room to have some type of sequel for this as far as another Batman TMNT crossover? Or do you feel like Turtles works with any other universe that could work in a crossover standpoint? Or do you think this is good and it should be left alone and you're ready to move on to like just strictly Turtle content? Well, based upon the, the singer at the end, I don't know if you caught that, but we had uh, Shredder come out and he's now like... Sh- joker shredder yes so i am i i'd be interested to see that per se i don't know you know again if you're gonna go for it go for it so if you're gonna do this crazy mashup do it so i i would be okay seeing it i think it's like it's interesting because the turtles have crossed over with like so many different things 
Like, uh, just this year, for example, they've had a crossover with Street Fighter, they've had a crossover with Stranger Things, and Usagi Ujimbo, which they've crossed over with a bunch. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I would be for more Turtle crossovers, like I mentioned. Like, it's probably never going to happen because Disney doesn't play nice with other people. But, (laughs) like, a TMNT Daredevil crossover, there's a lot of crossover there in general. Like I said, they're very much influenced, TMNT is very much influenced off of Daredevil. Uh, so that would be great, but they've done everything from like the Archie world because they used to be in Archie comics. Uh, it's crazy. Like there's a, but I didn't see anything regarding a sequel being announced yet. Uh, but I know there's been a lot of crazy things going on. So who knows? And then we obviously have an upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. So I hope we do get that sequel. I'm all for it. I just hope it kind of you know picks a lane a little bit more next time. Yeah, I guess there was just one little blurb on like the Wikipedia page from the producer and screenwriter that expressed interest in the sequel and mentioned Krang and Bebop and Rocksteady, et cetera. But yeah, they got they have to go to New York next, I guess. I, guess. <laughs> I think you, you I think you pointed out something that I would be all about. And again, this is coming from someone that doesn't usually like a lot of like just crossovers for the sake of crossovers, but I think Daredevil and this uh, like I could see a live action if you took like the live action almost more akin to like the 90s live action the original one and somehow modernize that into a daredevil and had casey jones in that universe like i would be all for that like i think there's <laughs> potential there and so i would i would be a fan of that so um but yeah this is interesting because like i said i didn't even know this film existed overall did you come down ultimately positive on this film even though the tone was like we said uneven and some of the violence maybe not necessary um do you do you feel like it it stacks up and, and is a, a good film overall or what was your overall like kind of where you landed on it i think so i think if you're a fan of the you know animated series of the 80s and 90s i think you'll enjoy this if you told me as a kid that the, these two worlds these two cartoons were coming together my mind would, would go crazy and <laughs> i think it, it delivered on that like i said the fan service is there it's fun it's exciting it's a bit all over the place like i mentioned it's a little sloppy here and there but I at least it had fun with it. Like it's, it was competently made. Things kind of made sense. We got it. the fan service moments were there, and I really enjoyed it. Like the, we didn't mention the action, but I thought the action in this was actually done really yeah. well. Like the Shredder and Batman fight, like that was a directed DVD animated movie. I thought mm-hmm. it looked great. Uh, even the the fight at the end. So I was entertained throughout it. I just at times I was taken aback by like some of the choices that they made. But I was glad I watched it because uh, I probably would not have if not for this retrospective. So yeah, I'm glad we decided to kind of go through some of the directive to movie ones as well. Uh, Amanda had a comment. She walked through. I can't remember which sequence it is, but they did hold true to the fact that there's always seems to be in every one of these movies a time where there's four turtles fighting one person, and the turtles are just getting their butt handed to them yeah. like that that just seems to be a thing like they, they're not very good when they're all together <laughs> i also liked how like they called themselves out when they're like raphael's like i always go away and like and, and then i get my and i get in trouble i'm like yeah he does there were and like i i did like the fact that they were very you know it, you know some meta jokes in there which again goes with the original turtles cartoon because right. it had a lot of meta meta humor it wasn't like directly talking to us it didn't go to like that route but it, it came as close as you could so. right I agree. Yeah, overall, I had fun with this one. Like I said, it was a little bit, some of the plot elements and some of the violence and tone didn't work 100%, but I think, like you said, overall, like the movie from a filmmaking standpoint is competently made, competently uh, voiced, performed, you know, the action works, the jokes work for me. 
I just wish it was kind of stuck to that humor lane and it would have elevated it even just a little bit more for me. So we've actually come to almost the end here of the movies that have already come out. We only have one left to cover, and that is Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, which came out last year, another direct-to-streaming. This was direct-to-Netflix, I believe, um, based on the cartoon series that it went along with. So that's the last one we have to cover before we get to the actual movie that's being released in theaters this year, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So that's where we're at in this Turtle series. If you've been enjoying it, please let us know and comment on our different socials and on the website. This is episode 199, so we might do something. We might sneak a a different episode in here to mark our 200th episode. We will figure that out offline and get back to you, but we will definitely come back to cover Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, and at some point, once we're able to see it, the mutant mayhem. So, Dan, any closing thoughts on this one and where we're at right now in the in the retrospective? No, I, a lot of Turtles, I, you know, it's been interesting kind of just seeing how much this franchise has changed and kind of took two steps forward, one step back, and... <laughs> I've only watched like I think the first ten minutes of the movie we're watching next week. I'm interested in seeing what that's like because I did not watch any of that animated series compared to like Turtles Forever, which I did. So wonder right. what that's going to be like. Uh, so we'll see. I'm, but I'm, I'm really hoping, excited. Go ahead. I'm hoping we don't have to have a whole lot of knowledge of that series because I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, <laughs> might be like I had no idea what was going on. I mean, comp- compared to like TMNT, which had you know 15 minutes of. Uh, you know, exposition <laughs> before we got into them. It can't be that much more complicated than, than that. So. <laughs> and, and you said you're really excited about what? Oh, and, and I'm also just super excited for the the new movie that's coming out. I just I keep seeing more things about it. I've been trying to keep away from it, but yeah. I don't know. I, I hope my hopes up. I, I keep comparing it to like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because it has that similar style to it, which might be setting myself up for disappointment. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm. It's... Uh, it seems like it's coming out at the right time with all of this, you know, all these different like metaverses or universes that are blending. Like it seems yeah. like people are ready for that. I'm coming around on the the look and the animation style only because I get to see it on like a thousand pizza boxes uh, every day. <laughs> so uh, I'm coming around on that. Uh, the, I guess they've had some clever marketing with that type of stuff going on. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. So uh, Dan, real quick as we close, how can other people? see more of your content hear more of your opinions on comics and other turtle different related things um you can find me at comic concierge on pretty much all major social medias uh tiktok instagram uh facebook uh twitter or whatever they're calling it now uh and so yeah it's best best way to find me and you can check out some more of my opinions if you want to search out the YouTube channel Geek Showcase. I also have Instagram that I don't do very much on, but it also has a Twitter and a Facebook. I am releasing, as we speak, when you hear this, it'll already be released. So my latest video on there is going to be talking about the top 10 fictional rats. It may or may not be connected <laughs> to what we're talking about. So uh, you can check that out if you want to. Just head over to the YouTube channel, Geek Showcase. So that does it for this episode of Cinema Geeks. We'll be back next time to celebrate our 200th episode of The Cinema Geeks. Check it out.